You know, whether you're watching online, hello, camera's up there, hello people who are watching online, but it's great to be in front of people. Um, I have had um, six months of doing stuff from my living room, and it is so nice to not have to worry about moving the clothes and the piles of washing before I start recording. It's really nice that they're not behind me today. What a six months. What a six months since we last were here. Uh, 27 weeks ago today, we left this room and had very little idea that um, it would only be today in these circumstances, with you all of your masks on, so you have to do lots of smiling with your eyes today, um, that we would be here. It's certainly not the 2020 I had planned. I don't know about you. Um, I know people amongst us who are meant to move house, meant to go on uh, holidays, meant to change jobs, meant to have visited family and friends, and, and all of that uh, changed. And I don't know if you like me, but I am a person who likes to plan. I am the sort of person who, who really struggles when I don't quite know what's going to happen, um, or if suddenly ch plans change, I'm a nightmare. Um, and I'm not a surprise sort of guy, just to warn you. Surprises, I just don't like them. And, and I'll, over the last few months, it's been a real struggle, because just knowing when things are going to happen. You know, when initially it was that, that first thought of, you know, when, when am I going to get to go outside more than once a day? Do you remember that? When you had to pick when you're going to go out during the day. Um, and then it, the next one was, you know, well, when will I get to, you know, see my parents again? When will I get to go and play football again? When will I, of course, my first thought was when was I going to come back to church? Of course. Um, and whether you're like me or not, that might not be you at all. I don't think I've met anyone who hasn't struggled a little with the last six months and not struggled with this lack of knowing what the future has in store. And as I've reflected on this, I, I feel like um, it's highlighted how much of the time we live with such a certainty in our lives. Pre-COVID-19, I could go to the supermarket and have confidence that there would be pasta and flour on the shelves. Never doubt that I could find eggs. You know, I could book a holiday with confidence that it would happen. I could uh, plan things and put them in my diary with a real confidence that those things would go ahead. And I feel that God has been teaching all of us many things during this time, but one of them is that he is in control and we are not. That the world that we live in is not as certain as we thought. And that should bring a change in perspective, and it should bring a change in the way we live. Maybe the comfort in the way that we have lived previously, which, by the way, is not the way the majority of the world lives, maybe that has limited the work of God as we have chosen comfort over sacrifice, control over submission, fear over faith. And today I want to take us to a story that we find in the Gospel of Luke and introduce you to someone whose plans got disrupted. I want to look at an encounter that, that Jesus had with a, a man named Simon Peter. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at different encounters that Jesus had with people during his time on earth in a series uh, called You're Invited. And this series uh, is called this because in each encounter, we will find that Jesus is calling people into relationship with him. And we will find through these stories that he is doing the same to us today. You know, for some of us, that may mean being invited into a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. 
For others, we have, we've wandered away and he is calling us back. And for some of us, we've just been called into a deeper, more intimate relationship than the one we had before. If you do have a Bible and want to turn to uh, Luke uh, chapter 5, I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 11. And if you sat towards the back, it will be coming up on those screens. If you sat towards the front, apologies, the projectors died on us this morning. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got up into one of those boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats to the shore, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that in these pages of scripture, we get to encounter you. That the, the words, you, you speak directly to us from scripture. And I just pray for each of us now, as we, as we listen, as I share this message, Lord, would you speak through me? And as for those who are listening, whether they are in front of me, whether they are sat at home on their computer watching, I pray you would encounter us afresh this morning that we would encounter in this book, life, that would change us, not just today, not just tomorrow, but forever. Amen. So, Jesus, he's, he's gathered this crowd of people who are wanting to hear them. Um, I assume that it's not for social distancing reasons, that Jesus gets away from the crowd. I assume it's so they can hear him better. But he jumps in this boat and they head off just a little bit away from shore and then he begins to teach the crowd who are on the shore. Simon Peter, he owns this boat and he has been fishing all night and he is washing his nets, probably ready for the next evening when he's going to go out again. And Simon Peter is there, but you notice he's not crowding around Jesus. He's not... Um, he's not busy listening to him necessarily. He's going about his own business. And yet Jesus wants to encounter him. Matthew 18, 11, Jesus tells us that he came to seek and save the lost. Throughout scripture, we see this to be the case. Sometimes we, we talk about our relationship with Jesus and, and we make, can make it sound like we explored life and we found Jesus. There's a song that was around in the 90s which just declared time and over and over again, I found Jesus. But that's not how it happens. Jesus saw us, he pursued us, and he saved us. It's all about him. We were far from God, and yet his eye was on us. Simon Peter, he has plans. He is going about his own business, and yet Jesus turns up, he jumps in his boat, and everything changes. 
Simon, he has spent all night fishing, really long night, and he has caught nothing, the scripture tells us. Jesus turns up and he jumps in his boat. It's important to remember that Jesus is a carpenter. And it says, put, and Jesus turns to him and says, put out into deep water, let down the nets for a catch. I don't know about you, but if I was uh, Simon Peter, I'd be fed up. You know, I haven't caught anything all night. I'm cleaning my nets, I'm ready to go home, and now a carpenter is telling me how to fish. Maybe you stick to what you know, Jesus. But that's not how Simon Peter responds, because in Jesus, he has seen something. This isn't the first encounter that um, Jesus has with Simon Peter. Uh, We we can read about it in John 1. John the Baptist, he's with this group of disciples that he's gathered around him, and Simon Peter is one of them. John the Baptist in uh, John 1.35, he, he he sees Jesus coming and he says to him, it's the Lamb of God. And then we're told that Jesus came and stayed with this group of people, including Simon Peter, for for a while. We don't know how long, but he stayed with them for a while. So this moment that we're reading about today that in the lake happens sometime after this. And so we can tell from Simon Peter's response that he has seen something in Jesus and he recognizes the authority that Jesus brings. We see it. Simon answers, Master, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. How often do I think that I know better than Jesus? You know, I'd never be as blatant to say it out loud until now, but I show it with my life. You know, when I know God is calling me to something, but, but I avoid it, or I think that I have a better idea. You know, when I act out of fear and worry rather than trusting that God is with me. You know, that, like the, the parable of, of the lost son that Jesus tells in Luke 15. You know, this son who doubts that his father can truly love him. So he takes away his inheritance and he he goes off searching for meaning and significance. Searches for this good life, for enjoyment. And it's only when the famine comes, only when hardship strikes, that the son realizes that life with the father is better than life anywhere else. You know, I believe God is using this moment, COVID-19, he is using this moment of hardship. Some of you may feel like it's been a famine. To teach us, that he is better than anything else that we have given our lives to. Better than anything. What happens when you put your hope in that job and then you get made redundant? What happens when you put your hope in people but then end up in social isolation? What happens when you put your hope in the holiday or buying stuff and you end up at home with an empty diary with a knock on the door every day from the Amazon delivery driver with the hope that this next item you have bought will bring happiness? You know, Simon Peter trusts that Jesus knows better. He follows his instructions. And it says in verse 6, And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Had Simon Peter not followed Jesus' instructions, the miraculous catch would probably not have happened. I say probably because Jesus could have made the fish jump into the boat if he wanted to. But that's not how he normally works. He calls us to obedience, and through our obedience, he's the gateway to see the miraculous. And notice that that Jesus doesn't demand a load of faith. He doesn't get Simon, Simon Peter to believe he can do it first, or claim it, sort of name it and claim it type faith. No, he just asks him to step out in obedience. 
Peter is not brimming with faith. He, he says, we've, we've worked hard all night. He's saying to Jesus, I know this lake. We, are, we have worked hard all night. There is no fish here and we are exhausted. Peter is half-hearted in his efforts. I imagine he was even that bit skeptical. Go on then, let's throw the nets in and we might as well. But then Jesus meets his obedience and he does the rest. Isn't that encouraging? Jesus is not waiting for us to have some incredible faith. He's not looking for someone to go around telling everyone what Jesus is going to do. No, he's looking for obedience. Someone who is willing to trust him and willing to follow what he says. Matthew 17, 20 says, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Are you willing to trust Jesus with your everything as we move into these months ahead? We don't know what these next few months, to be honest, we don't know what this next week's going to have in store, let alone months and years ahead. We, you might be sat in isolation today, at home, not knowing when you'll see people again. Will you take those small steps of obedience? What is Jesus calling you to do today? As we step out, we can trust that God is with us, and that he will move. It might not be as we expect, but he is a loving father who cares more for us than we realize. So Simon Peter is left with a, this huge catch. This catch, the nets are breaking. It takes two boats to gather in this catch. Remember, this is the spot where they have fished all night and they have caught nothing. A previously hopeless spot turns into a place of abundance. And I think this catch tells us two things. Firstly is the authority of the word of God. Notice that he speaks, the nets get let down, and the miracles happen. There is power in the name of Jesus. Talking to Kath beforehand as we were gathering worship, actually when we sing, whether we're singing or not, we believe there is power in the name of Jesus. As we listen to the worship, as we let it, you know, as Josh says it, we encounter the Holy Spirit, there is power. You know, remember, this is by his word, all that we see came into existence. Hopeless situations become places of miracles when the name of Jesus is involved. Jackie's testimony, the power of prayer. When Jesus is involved, the miscarriages, the IVF treatment, the impossible becomes possible. If you feel in a hopeless situation, if you're here or if you're watching from home and you feel like life is over, like there is... You know, there's just no, no light at the end of the tunnel. Come to Jesus. He has all power. He is the one, at the sound of his voice, everything came into existence. At the sound of his voice, the fish obey. And at the sound of his voice, he longs to speak into our lives and bring transformation. And secondly, I think the catch wants to sh it shows us the abundance of God's grace. Simon Peter hasn't caught anything all night. I am sure he would have been happy with just a handful of fish to take home. And yet the catch is so big, it begins to sink the boat. It is over the top. It is outrageous. And yet that is grace. The Bible tells us that we are deserving of death because of our disobedience. And yet Jesus comes and he dies in our place so we can experience eternal life and relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's undeserved. It's abundance. It doesn't make sense. And yet that is God's grace. Simon Peter, he experiences God's grace. He sees who Jesus is, and, he, and then he immediately realizes who he is. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus. He says, go away from me. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. 
You know, we see this reaction throughout the Bible. You know, Isaiah, he sees God and he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined. For I, have, I, have, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, Ezekiel, he sees the glory of God, and it says, When I saw this, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of the one speaking. And this is the correct response. When we see who God is, we see who we are. We realize how far we have fallen from God's perfect standards. Notice that Simon Peter, he doesn't say, great, loads of fish. Let's get near Jesus because of what we can get from him. He doesn't say, we'll never have to fish another hard day in our life as long as we've got Jesus in our boat. No, Peter realizes he is totally unworthy to be in the presence of Jesus. If you're sat listening today and you feel unworthy of the love of Jesus, then, then you're in good company. You might feel like you've done too many wrong things for Jesus to love you, too, made too many mistakes. You may be feeling guilty because, you know, over the last six months, you haven't even thought about reading your Bible or praying. But when Jesus, when Peter feels unworthy, Jesus responds, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Jesus knows Simon Peter. He knows all about him. He knows his weaknesses and his flaws, and he has a plan for him. The fisherman is going to now fish for men. And by that, Jesus means he, he is going to use him to reach the lost and see them come into, into the kingdom of God. Simon Peter's identity was in being a fisherman, and now he was repurposing him to be a fisherman of men. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see time and time again that Jesus invites people into relationship with him, where they receive grace, where they begin to obey his commands, and then they go and tell others the good news of Jesus. It's the command that Jesus gave his disciples in Matthew 28. It's the same command he gives us today. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and obeying everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the invitation. Peter responds. So they pulled up their boats, from, uh, then their boats up to the shore. They left everything, and they followed him. And that's what it means to follow Jesus, to choose him above anything else. As Paul says in Philippians 3, 8, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Will we choose to follow Jesus today, to submit our plans to him, to say in the midst of COVID-19, I am going to trust Jesus with my whole life. Jesus called Simon Peter into relationship with him and it changes everything. There was nothing wrong with being a fisherman, but Jesus had other plans and Simon Peter was willing to follow. Are you willing to follow today? For some of us here, we've made plans for our life and those plans don't involve Jesus at all. Maybe today for the first time, Jesus is inviting you to follow him and become a follower of Jesus. For those of us who are already followers of Jesus, have we truly submitted our plans to him? Does the call to make disciples affect the decisions that we make? You know, at times we can treat following Jesus as an add-on. You know, serving him and taking the job of making disciples is an extra if we have time once we have achieved all that we want and all that we have planned. Now we need to make a decision about whether we are willing to have our plans ripped up in order to follow the better plan that Jesus has for our life. It may mean that you have to change your diary to prioritize investing in relationships with those who don't know Jesus. It may mean sacrificing some of the things that you enjoy in order to, to serve the church. It may mean lifestyle changes in order to be able to give more to see the kingdom advance in this city and beyond. Job changes house moves, move into another city or another nation in order to follow God's plan for your life. This is not about comfort. 
Jesus tells us that if we want to follow him, we must die to ourselves. Let our own dreams, our own desires, and our own plans die in order to follow him. To pick up our cross and follow the way of the one who sacrificed everything for us. You know, it might not sound appealing, but in dying to our selfish desires, we will find life. We will find Jesus is all that we need. He is worth every possible cost, and we will spend eternity enjoying life in its fullness. I wonder if the band could join me. I wonder if you would stand with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for each of us here, everyone listening, that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Lord, that you have called us into relationship with you. You seeked us out when we were far away and you welcomed us in. And Lord, I pray that we would experience your grace afresh today, that we would realign our plans with the one who knows all things the one who has a better plan for our lives. Where we have gone off course, where we are distant, I pray you would draw us near. Where our motives have been mixed, may you, may you just give us a new determination to follow you afresh. Lord, where we feel hopeless, I pray you would come and bring transformation. And where, for those who do not know what it is to follow you today, I pray you would come and break in. Speak afresh to them. Show, pour your love and your grace into their lives now that we would be a community of people who would live with such an intentionality about what it is to submit our plans to be people who make disciples in our city and to the nations, to make Jesus known in all that we do. Amen.